0: Seeing today,
1: Class A with Jay. And Jay. Wow. What a different <laughs> intro. That was crazy. <laughs> uh, quicker, for sure. <laughs> um, do you want to kind of explain what's happening, what's going on, why this is important? Um, I mean, just obviously by the intro. We have clearly did a whole revamp, restyle, <laughs> retool, if you will, retool. You know, um, and this will be our first episode of this this new podcast, Day Class A. Wow, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's Day Class A. That's what we are. We're low class, and. <laughs> We just want to talk about things in a nitty gritty way where we set your expectations below like subterranean almost and can only exceed it from there. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I feel as though that is what it is. And so also it's like us getting to do more stuff, not being limited to Bravo because hitching your wagon to Bravo is very like you're up when they're up and you're down when they're down, you know right and uh it's pretty down these days so (laughs) (laughs) even when the episodes are good it's a it's a certain degree of down um and we don't want to participate in that anymore we will still do bravo content i'm sure like if we need to check in we love a retro recap like we will do what is necessary but don't don't consider us bravo podcasters i guess is what we're trying to say Exactly. So to kick it off, we're starting with something we've both grown and done together. I guess we've grown through this series, but I'd like to call it like a retrospective on The Sopranos, but wrapped in a movie recap of The Many Saints of Newark. Now, for those listening, like I guess kind of now-ish, it's on HBO Max until the end of October. And it is a prequel to The Sopranos series. I mean, everyone knows what The Sopranos are, even if you do not watch it. Um, and I'll read uh, the synopsis of said film. Young Anthony Soprano was growing up in one of the most tumultuous areas in Newark, New Jersey, history, becoming a man just as a rival gangster start to rise up and challenge the all-powerful DeMeo crime family. Caught up in the changing times as the uncle he idolizes, Dickie Moltisanti, whose influence over his nephew will shape the impressionable teenager into the all-powerful mob boss, Tony Soprano. Wow. Wow. Um, I guess we haven't talked about this, like ratings and all that. We don't have to be so strict as we were, but just like, where were you at with the film? If you had to... S- sum it up in a couple sentences. What did you feel about the film? Um, I definitely would give it, you know, I mean, just going back to our green roots. I definitely would give it an A minus. And the minus is only because I was led to believe (laughs) that it was going to be more of a Tony Soprano focus, when it's really more of a Dickie Montesanti like focus but I'm not saying that's necessarily bad. <laughs> I thought it was still very entertaining. Um, and it did patch some holes for me for the show. So the casting was good. I want to talk about the casting at some point. Um, of course. <laughs> And so I feel like I'll give it an A minus. I feel like that's fair. Who's really an A plus these days? So yeah. Right. Um, see now I went into it knowing it was more of a dicky thing because I had, I'm a huge, like in general, I don't know if you all have ever picked this up about me, but like, if I watch something, I'm researching it after. If I hear something, I'm researching it. I'm listening to a podcast. Like I don't really just watch things and just let it sit where it is. So when I heard this movie was coming out, of course, like I went to go do some research and Multisanti, the last name means many saints. And they had referenced that this was going to be a prequel focusing more on Tony's dad and Dickie versus Tony and such. Now I agree where I thought like Tony would be more involved still but it was truly like the Moltisanti's of Newark. Yeah like that was that was the plot. Um, Right. And it was nice to see Dickie because he is referenced so much much like Robert Kardashian is referenced in the Kardashian family on a daily basis. Like Dickie was mm-hmm. referenced so much, though we never mm-hmm. met him. Right. It was set in 1967, which I would like to throw out there because a couple you, we all know what the 60s were, um, especially for us blacks. So that is something to note in a thread throughout the movie. Um, I hate to spoil it now, but maybe 15 minutes into the movie, I wrote to myself that. There were more black people in this 15 minutes than the entirety of the show of the Right. And um honestly, I think we can put that little bullet asterisk mark under my rating of A minus as to why it's also an A minus to me, just because <laughs> not that it came out of nowhere,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but that it came out of nowhere. This kind of black focus this this you know it's more like a side story but a main thread at the same time and so it was just very um shocking I think because like you said like they don't really mention have talk about do business with black people in the original sopranos show. And if they do, it's like, oh, that porridge monkey, or some like, you know, derogatory. (laughs) (laughs) Very. Something derogatory, which again, we're not getting to the, the like the crux of this yet, but it was kind of referenced like Black people in The Sopranos were like either like strung out or they were blamed for a death that one of the mobsters did. They had like an episode called Unidentified Black Males, which really stood out to me, at least, with like, that is how they do it. If they want to blame it on someone else and they can't say it was them who killed Tamani, it's always like some Black dude. Or like they were in like the ghetto, so they just got shot up naturally. That's always how it shook out on the show. So it was shocking to have like almost protagonist kind of Black people in the show, or in the movie, at least. Right. Also, I'd like to know, I mean, we call it the Sopranos. I mean, that's what everyone I'm pretty sure calls it. That's just what it is. But I would like to note that, much like the Judices, there is another pronunciation of the Sopranos. The proper pronunciation, which is a made-up word, but I will continue to say it, um, is Sopranos. And so, the Sopranos show, which is a wait, what? What's the difference? Say it again. Like soprano or soprano like the italian way is soprano i feel like i say sopranos anyway oh okay well good on you i say sopranos <laughs> like and am I italian? one of the am i italian um <laughs> in this podcast i listen to called the soprano show which is the podcast if you want to listen to sopranos recaps Mm. They call it the Sopranos. If they're referring to the show, it's Sopranos. But individuals like Tony Soprano, they're like to, okay. to honor both. And I like that rule. So I if you hear me say Tony Soprano, but I'm talking about the Sopranos, it's it's the just same. because that's the way I Hannibal Diaz. So that's the way we say it. So that's the way I say it. <laughs> um, okay. So let's start with the way the movie starts, which is they're kind of panning over a cemetery, and it seems really random. You just hear kind of monologues from these people who we don't know, and we land on none other than my favorite character on the show. And I mean, maybe you disagree, maybe you agree, but Chris Moltisanti, who is Vicky's son, who is the main character of this movie,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we all healed or did not from Chris getting killed by Tony toward the end of season six after his critically acclaimed movie came out (laughs) what did you think of that artistic choice of the way they had like you said Chris narrating the way they came in with that like where did you land on that yeah I thought it was a, a, a quite an artistic choice like I didn't see it coming I wouldn't have thought it myself yeah um I like that they found a way to try to incorporate him in this one, because obviously uh, with this show, they they had some of the old cast members or, you know, to some extent, somehow involved in the show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just didn't see it coming. It did make it a little bit more confusing. And if you are someone like me who needs to rewatch The Sopranos anyway, because I mean, oh. Or oh, that not, now says Sopranos. All right, if you need to watch the Sopranos to kind of recap, like, and refresh your memory, it was a little confusing having him as the narrator because I was like trying to do like the fucking family tree in my head. Like, okay, it's like this the is... mental gymnastics to get to why that's <laughs> relevant. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, wait, no, this is his uncle through this mom, through this brother, through this. Is, you know what I mean? So it was just that was a little bit disorienting, but other than that, I like the, I really like the choice of using Chris as a narrator. Yeah, I do too, and um, like I said, like, even if Chris is not your favorite character, I think most of us have some sort of fondness toward Chris, especially because of the way his tenure on the show ended, quite honestly, Mm. so I think he was a good character to bring over, like, Tony voicing it over would have been too much, but, like, Chris, who's dead, who we are, is confirmed dead. More on that later. Like he is a good like you couldn't have it be Paulie because he's in the movie. It couldn't be Silvio. He's in the movie. Like it really could only be Chris. Mhm. So I really like the himself. way they did that. Wait, what'd you say, babe? I said, or Tony himself, but Chris was a more fresh perspective. Also, now I'm trying to think of in the show. I'm trying to think of the open because I feel like one of these like car chases where they're chasing this guy down in front of like this like bank or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's one of the first scenes of the first episode, is it not? Of a car chase. Of The Sopranos, like was that the first? Because like we see Chris in that scene, so I'm wondering, did like Chris start off the show, the Sopranos show, and then oh also start right, off because this when one? Chris. When the series first started, Chris was kind of just dipping his toe into the Demio crime family. So I do believe right. like, yeah, it was something like that. Now, my history of The Sopranos is like, I rewatch like four, five, and six, those seasons, I know to a T, like I rewatch them all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One, two, three, ooh, I, I'm a little hairy, especially one because I watched one years ago, like it's a, bit, it's a blind spot for me. But I do remember that, because I remember that tweaky friend he hung, I remember that got shot in the um, tub. I believe right. it was like them two in like a car chase. Like that sounds very familiar. You, know, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. I just think that's also interesting. If that is true, that they would kind of start him off on that one and then also start him off, so to speak, with this movie. And so I feel like it leads you to believe that Chris really is a main player <laughs> believe it or not in like both the show and the movie yeah not that I feel like people wouldn't believe that but like it would seem like you know like Tony like Tony Soprano is like he's the main one but like no like Chris has his foot in this as well and I think part of that probably is because his dad is Dicky. like yeah. <laughs> you're a tr- you're a multi no matter what happens <laughs> between you and Tony or what happened you know, you actually Ugh. have, <laughs> you were the director. <laughs> so fucking disgusting! <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, I'm getting emotional. Go disgusting. ahead. Disgusting. Uh, you were the actual descendant of the Dicky Like, you Yeah, but that's like a big deal. Like that- you get credit for that, and I and that's probably one of the reasons why him and Tony had such a relationship. Because Tony, like, was sick that Chris could say that and had that. He loved Dicky like Dicky was his own father. I mean. Tony More seldom yeah. referenced his own dad. Like, but Dickie truly inspired his entire mob career. Like he was a very, like there are just some people put on this earth that are very impactful. And, the, and we're speaking about a fictional character. So in their earth, like he just was a major player. And so I, I, I don't know if this is too soon to ask, but I feel like I want to ask it now. Is Tony dead or alive? At the series end, If they left it so up in the air. And for some people, maybe you don't look at it that deep. It just seemed like Tony's alive in the show cut. Is Tony dead or alive? And it did not answer it in this prequel. Like, where do you stand on that? Oh, I think Tony's dead. I mean, I always have felt that. But the fact that they didn't address it also made me feel like he was dead. Like, if he was alive, (laughs) they would have no, go ahead. the prequel i'm like you get the prequel and you get the show and we don't get anything after that because this man is dead <laughs> so if there's any more life of tony to get it's not going to be from you know like post soprano time like you know what i mean like he's dead, and i and i like how they did it to be honest yeah it was confusing to everybody but that's that's what happens when your lights are out when your party is over <laughs> there's nothing there's there's
0: there's nothing there's nothing like right, that,
1: that artistic choice of them cutting it and it's like it was tony's last moment on earth and it was our last moment tony that's just how it felt Period. and like david chase who is the show creator he wrote it created it produced it i mean fucking brilliant man i cannot say enough nice things about him he also wanted it to be ambiguous and like that is something when he's interviewed he always says like it bothers him how much we want an answer to that because it's kind of left so that either way you feel, it could be that. But again, I feel like the fact that his life wasn't referenced at all, like Chris's, it was like in the first 30 seconds, it was like, Tony choked me out and like, I died. And he was very clear, but like- right. But like, we, cause we got to see that. right? Like if, if, if this whole thing is us following from Tony's perspective, even with Chris's voice, and even with Chris being a main player. And that's why I say it's really interesting because even though it is about Tony, they also follow Chris, but to the extent where like, Chris will talk about his own death, but Tony won't and can't talk about his. It's sort of, it's weird. Like we know that Tony's dead and that's just what we have to believe. (laughs) Yeah. Told- <laughs> it's like religion it's like no one's gonna confirm or deny which religion is correct but you can right. you will take your whole life to assume or not assume right but and it's just like death how we have so many questions like he's dead he can't be dead like that like no he's dead he doesn't hear anything he got shot in the head he's done lights are over theoretically shot in the head but right, you know because like it's the <laughs> if, i mean also like the assumption is if you believe he's there you most likely believe it is from the side where he was like he kept looking at the bathroom in those final moments you could assume it's like a shooter from the side, who like pops him in the head and, a sniper from the side right a sniper from the side if you will yes and i believe that and he deserved it because you know my first note was fucking tony really <laughs> killed christopher I know. He's your Christopher is, is your favorite. I mean, I really like Christopher as well. Um, but do but when I sit here and say that I didn't see it coming, yes and no. He cheated <laughs> like maybe- that so many times, I just didn't think it would happen to him. I think that's what uh, it was. It's like remember uh, that episode, like Tony damn near killed him. Like, I think it was when he found out he was a fucking junkie. And he like took him out. It was season five with Tony B, and he took him out into the middle of nowhere. And was about to shoot him. And then he just didn't. And I'm like, you know what? Christopher is a fucking roach. And he's never going to die. Fast forward maybe 10 episodes. He's murdered.
0: (laughs) In cold blood. Cold blood. Like, fuck.
1: Oh, my God. It was something I was really grappling with. (laughs) It's And throughout this whole movie, after that, I was like, wow, Tony's more like his uncle than I think he even thinks. (laughs) Like, I don't wow dicky you can see dicky in both chris and tony and like very apparently yeah. so um yeah. okay so like let's get 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 into it so we're first introduced to dicky's dad as who they call hollywood dick which i love that it's like dick had to stay like it's, it had to be passed on so there's dicky and hollywood dick hollywood dick is walking in with his new girl fresh off the boat I don't, that is not appropriate to say but they were literally right off the boat, so I'm just saying it because of that, and she's Italian, her name is Giuseppina, like Giuseppe, but like j- feminine. Yeah, like Josephina. Yeah, in like, <laughs> it reminded me of, and this may be a niche reference, but it reminded me of, I think I told you this, when we knew a girl in college, and like we had met this guy, and his name was Quadir, and I was like, that's a weird name, and she was like, oh Quadir, like Quadira, and I was like, no, like, no. <laughs> Neither one of those point references are relevant to me. They're both... <laughs> yeah, like, I love bringing up Quadira as if Quadira wasn't strange enough to me. Like, as if Quadira was the normal, like, branch. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, like you said, Joseph and Josephino, like, Dan and Danielle, like, they, they made it seem so, like, oh, yeah, like, Quadira? And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. no. Not. <laughs> that might even be more... Off the wall of then fucking Quaid. That's how honest. I felt. Like Giuseppe was like, <laughs> I understood Giuseppeina. I was not familiar with. That's stretch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um. So yeah. So he walks. You know, we meet her for the first time, and she's meeting Dicky, and immediately I wrote, "Is Dicky going to fuck his dad's wife or what?" I immediately was like, "He's going to." But I will say, I thought that Chris was gonna be like her son with him. That's what okay. I was getting real twisted i was like damn like they have an affair and then she gets pregnant and it's chris that's kind of where i was going with it but i knew okay. some sort of fucking was going to happen for sure because also does she not look like a cross between camilla cabello and like penelope cruz too it was like really she really looked good. i was thinking the camilla thing the entire time i did not put this who's the second person you say penelope cruz Oh, Penelope. <laughs> like, yeah, she does have a penelope like both You're right. Like, I was, like, Camilla, but prettier. But, like, maybe that's the Penelope twist. Huh. She does. And she... I mean, obviously, like Jay said, very cute girl. So we're on alert. And they make eyes at each other immediately. And also, mention that dad. Hollywood dick is fucking Ray Liotta. Or however you say his damn last name. Ray Liotta, which also go. he's also uncle sally the character in jail which like really threw me for a really long time i'm like, like are they supposed to be twins i was like, yeah, I was sure. like is, is ray Liotta so- playing both characters and not acknowledging or they say good? we just like him so much that we need this man to have multiple characters um respect because he like were dead like dead by that point so we kind of like you're like fuck. We already paid them like how many ever million. Like, can you just also do this quick role? <laughs> I I just took it to mean in my head. I was like, okay, maybe
0: they're twins or something because
1: that was like, there's no reason why they couldn't afford to hire another actor. um it, it was the fact that they never acknowledged it. It was like okay, like you can do whatever you want, but to not acknowledge what we were saying here really took me out of it for a second. Where like I was, I had to pause the movie. I was kind of like un- confused, but. <laughs> I mean, we're not seeing Sally yet, but Ray Liotta, yeah, like a huge gig.
0: Like, like, I don't,
1: I didn't realize he was in the movie. I feel like they didn't really press that or mention that. No, and he's like one of the original gangsters. <laughs> like in terms, of like these big like mobster movies, like he's in his fair share of them. Um, one of my personal favorites, Goodfellas. So that to me was exciting. I was like, okay, you know, let these young kids look, you know, watch how the old man works. You know, I mean, that's kind of how it felt. Yeah, it was. It was really refreshing to see him again because I also because I didn't know he was going to be in it. He is a big enough movie star that like I feel like we should have known prior that he was going to be like very much so in the movie. But I respected that. We knew for a fact that Tony Soprano's unnamed son, like in real life, like Michael Gandolfini's son, like would be in it. James Gandolfini's son Michael would be in it. But we had no idea like Ray Liotta would be in it, which is like a twist. Right. um So, yeah, they're all a part of the Demio crime family, which I think I mentioned earlier. And we're then introduced, like, I'm kind of not going scene by scene, I'm just going for my notes. We then were kind of like at the pork store, which is the place we know, Satrial's or like whatever, in the mm-hmm. back. And in walks Harold, who is like a Black character. And I'm like, oh, wow. So, like, Black co workers, I wrote to myself? Because they right. talked to him like, he worked with them I mean yeah they were a little disrespectful but not nearly as much as they were in the series versus this movie right what do you think of Harold like character and that kid overall that stiffed him <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if yeah I'm gonna be honest I don't even know if I really had any thoughts ab- about him yet because I just again, black people were were mentioned and shown so little in the actual TV show that I didn't think that this guy was gonna have a, quite a significant role that he ends up having in the in the movie. So I feel like I just wrote it off as like a one time thing. Maybe they just set up a, a deal quickly just to like get some extra money because you know they're not above using black people to do their dirty work as they you know allude to in the rest of the, the, the movie. So, I didn't really have any thoughts about him, to be honest. Right. They like, he mentions this overall character who, at this point, I was more intrigued by because he had already like stolen from them and we know like how that goes. So, like, he's stolen, so he's not safe. So, I'm like, what's going to happen with this overall character? Harold was kind of like a side note to me at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, Especially Um. because then they show Dickie confronting overall. (laughs) And Oral's like, who the fuck are you? He's like, oh, I would take somebody's eye out like for talking to me like that. But then believes him alone. Um, Yeah, when they're when it's during that chase scene. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting that like, you know, racism aside, that he's letting this kid who just opened them talk to him in you know what they would deem like a crazy, disrespectful manner, but just like let him be, so to speak. Is Dickey scared of Black people? Because now I'm thinking about that riot scene and how quickly he pussied out of that. Like, is Dicky genuinely just scared straight of Black people where he lets them get away with things that he wouldn't let his co-workers or his dad even get away with? Mm-hmm. It's just food for thought. Um, I believe at this point, Harold says Italians, which I just love that reference. Like, Italian is just so funny to me. Um... Then we started kind of getting the nitty gritty of Hollywood Dick's relationship with, we'll call her G just because her name is very long, um, with his wife G. And at this point, he throws her down the stairs in a very similar way to how Janice in the series threw my second favorite character, Ralph, down the stairs when they were screwing and she was like fucking him up the butt and stuff. I just like that reference, that parallel of her getting thrown. Well, I mean, her getting thrown out of wasn't great, but I did like the parallel to the show in that way. What uh-huh. were you thinking? Like, what did you make of Dick and G's relationship overall? Um, it didn't really, it didn't surprise me. Like, it's the older man, the younger woman, the woman who comes from you know underprivileged background she can't really speak English so she's already at a disadvantage being in America now she doesn't have money so you know she's in a controlling relationship with a hotshot like it, it didn't surprise me that he was probably gonna slap her up a little bit going by like these characters in this this world that they have created what we know yeah and what we know of them it's true and even like seeing him kind of like that again it like it all trickles they're all there is just an overall like violence toward women in this crew and so like jay said it's not shocking that it was like that but they did take their relationship out to be relatively loving at this point mm. so it was a little like whoa shit like you're not even like hitting her or like shoving her you're fully kicking her down the stairs it's nuts um Oh, wait. right and then this is where i noted. i said maybe it's because it's the 60s maybe it, i guess that was the debate i was having with myself i'm like is it because it's based in the 60s or is it because it's 2021 when this film is being released that there are so many black people in it or is it a combination of both
0: mm-hmm.
1: because like and, and on another other note is 2021 parallel to the 60s <laughs> like what's going on here <laughs> it really is two sides of the same coin are these 2020s literally the 60s let us know in the inbox um <laughs> let us know if it's not i guess that would be the controversial dm we need is like no the 60s are nothing like the, the 2020s like wow so yeah it's a good point like w- why are there so many <laughs> i feel suspicious i'm like why do y'all have black people in here (laughs) (laughs) we just don't exist in this world like i i don't know like some worlds especially as black people like you just check out you forget like at first it may be like wait there ain't no black people here but two episodes in you forget so it's kind of jarring for it to be the opposite it it's like sad that we notice that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um So kind of like the moral of the story with Dickie and Hollywood Dick is that, that was kind of alluded earlier, Dickie has a a little crush on his dad's wife, and they kind of make eyes at multiple parts during the movie, and it's kind of alluded to that they're feeling each other, but it doesn't really come to a head until Hollywood Dick throws her down the stairs, (laughs) at which point... Um, Dickie confronts his father over it because he sees G all beat up and he's kind of like, wait, what's going on? Like, I'm pretty sure I know what's going on, but like, let me ask. She confirms he's, it. He's, he sees her beat up and he has like a conversation with her in which he asks her because he heard something too. He's like, yeah. so it sounds like you had like a little bit of a fall." And she's like, I mean, I slipped in the tub, you know, classic. Yeah, classic. Kind of defense. Um, yeah so she takes this to mean like well he takes this to mean like I have to follow up my dad she leans in to kiss him on the lips um at the end of this conversation because I think she recognizes that he cares about her at least at this point more than the dad does so that turns her on like she is obviously kind of into that power play dynamic so like powerful dicky caring about her and seeming to like will serve up justice on her behalf she then Mm -hmm. leans in for a kiss and dick doesn't say like oh no no no!" like we can't do this at all he just says like are you crazy like my wife's in the other in the house i'm like oh okay yeah like like now like i don't do that don't ever do that again more like are you crazy my wife is literally right there you know a step away And and he kind of tacks on like after and like you're my dad's wife, but that was not his first it took him minutes to remember that. Yeah. (laughs) That was like long (laughs) after some long sexual tension staring. Then he was like, Oh, yeah, and by the way, afterthought Uh for sure. That is so funny. Like, yeah, he truly did not remember that he had a wife, that his dad had a wife, like he wanted her and they've been building this tension for however long it was before this scene happened. So it did, it did feel earned for them to kiss finally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Then we get into like typical Sopranos like brutality and violence. The scene where Dickie comes up to the car to speak to his dad and confront his dad over G. He kind of comes up. He knocks on it. First of all, it was like what David Chase does so well, and, like, the producer of this show do so well, is when something is looming or bad, they, make, they do a good job of making you feel like something ain't right.
0: Mm-hmm. So, like,
1: from the moment he walked up and tapped, the way he even tapped on the window, and his dad freaked out, it kind of was like a little bit of a jump scare. Like, it made me nervous, too. I was like, oh, shit. Like, shit's not good. They always right. do a good job of making you know, like, shit is not well. Mm-hmm. So... He knocks on the window, his dad's a little confused and he's like, yo, like, where are you going? His dad says he's going to pick up some prescriptions. He's like, all right, I'll, I'll ride with you. we to have a conversation. They don't make it out the garage because the conversation gets pretty heated and Dickie is holding his dad or like taking him to task over the fact that he pushed G down the stairs. They kind of, and it also kind of reminded me of the Ralph-Tony fight in terms of like, we don't oftentimes on this show see people just like square up and fight and then end it. It doesn't really work that way. It's kind of like a fight to the death, usually. So once it started getting physical between him and his dad, it was like, wait, are they about to is somebody about to
0: die? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and yeah, Vicky um, takes his dad's head and smashes it into the steering wheel repeatedly. Like, And they, again, they do such a good job of like gory six shit
0: you mm-hmm. see his
1: dad's face get smashed in and then he's like that because he truly had like a blackout moment and then came back and was like or it was one of those like all right stop playing
0: <laughs> play, you know, like,
1: right? like <laughs> all right yeah, yeah yeah whatever come on now I got it out basically and unfortunately when he has these blackout moments, which we will see uh, again, again, <laughs> um, <laughs> in an equally brutal manner, um, he—it's interesting because he does show remorse to some extent, um, but is also very much so like, oh fuck it, like I gotta move on, like I gotta do what I gotta do. Like he seemed bothered that he not even bothered he killed his dad but bothered that he blacked out that he did it like in a blackout situation in my opinion right it seemed like he more so couldn't believe his own strength like I think he just thought like (laughs) yeah sure maybe I like broke his nose or like he doesn't have a black eye or two I mean we knew as viewers because of how many times he did it It was like, maybe three times in, you could kind of tell his dad was already dead. He went for like an additional four or five. I was like, oh, shit. He's making sure he's dead dead. Um, And what really sobers him up in that moment is Tony coming out of nowhere. So,
0: tony appears
1: mm-hmm. tony's kind of through line of this is that he's like a troubled kid and his mom olivia is like not the best mom his dad is always kind of in the streets or serving time or with a guma, like just not in tony's life very present so
0: mm.
1: he kind of is always with janice who we know the way janice turned out if you watch the series also not the best influence so tony was kind <laughs> of like autonomous from a very young age so mm. <clears throat> it's in the middle of the night in the middle of these riots and he just walks over to dick's house because again dicky is everything to him and he's just going over there to see what's up because i think he had gotten into something with his mom earlier and ran away
0: mm-hmm.
1: um it's really crazy that tony walked up to and tony never knew like hollywood dick was in there murdered and so that's what i want to know in terms of like trying to remember the show did they allude to that in the show that Tony knew or was it really like a mystery prayer for like ever (laughs) for me it was more so shocking that Hollywood Dick was even a character at all because I feel like we didn't hear about him period like again maybe it was early seasons and like my blind spot on the show but the parts that I remember I don't remember Dickie's dad being brought up like often if at all so I didn't have any I mean, context to this. And then they kind of circle back to it again at the end where later in the movie when they're at a funeral and Tony mentions at the funeral for Hollywood Dick, I believe he was like, I knew he was gonna die or somebody was gonna die cause there was a bird in the garage. And I guess, I don't know in Italian culture like I didn't do the research but from what I could tell context clues is like seeing a bird inside of a house or a garage or any sort of building means somebody's gonna die hmm and so that was really pointed that they put the bird and they did focus on the bird enough that you remembered the bird was there so it's exactly. like maybe tony just had the instinct of that but never explored it
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know but it is kind of left up to interpretation but i don't mm-hmm. think they i don't think anyone knew um besides hollywood dick himself played by S- like Ray Liotta that is Sally like Sally knew because he is Ray <laughs> because he is Hollywood dick I don't know but the brother definitely knew twin telepathy he knew no but the I, brother definitely knew um and I mean we'll get to it but he even jokes at one point he's like what do I know I'm just a murderer and so it chills down like, my spine the way he delivered that line too it was so scary so cold so straightforward so like whoa he's like well that's um, a lot of tragedy in your life but what do I know I'm just a murderer Right. So, oh my
0: God, did he kill Nick? Oh my God.
1: He's like, I'm looking at you and I want you to know that I know. I can see the murder in your eyes. Like, it's hereditary at this point. Right. From one to another, I can see who has the ability to do so. And you have that ability. It truly takes one to know one he's not sleep on that yeah so we see um dickie drive his dad i'm assuming to like his version of like bada bing which is some car shop that he's laundering money through so he takes his dad to said car shop drives him through the riots well like thank god he's white because every time they saw him they're like oh it's fine he's white meanwhile ray leota is like head on the dash, leaned over. (laughs) Slumped in the fucking front. Like, ridiculous. Like, quite obviously dead. Like, all you have to do is really poke him and and it would be revealed that his face is bashed and he's dead. But I guess the riots are going on. That's why they said in the 60s, so that, like, one white man slumped over is, like, nothing in comparison to, like, black people, I don't know, tearing up towns by the night (laughs) (laughs) like they're going town by town county by county fucking shit up um and it looked really violent I was just wondering like do you ever picture yourself in the 60s I mean I do sometimes I don't know if you ever have but do you think you would have participated like what do you think what role do you think you would have played like in the 60s like again I mean like I said the 2020s are they the 60s question mark (laughs) I <laughs> yeah like what role <laughs> do you play today but you also yeah want to play I feel like I 16s. would play the same role I will support whoever needs support um but am I out on the streets or riding myself probably not I think it's important to know your role in life that's not mine um <laughs> more than willing to help out financially more than willing to talk to people and put them in their place more than willing to help educate more than willing to maybe even open up my home if somebody was like running from you know like the the curfew or something that I would do but would I actually be on the streets myself probably not the violence was speaking to me I don't know I saw myself in the 60s with like a beer bottle with a lit match in it and throwing it (laughs) into (laughs) <laughs> I, I really related to them um I've been to I, would, I think two riots during 2020 was like my vibe so it's like I just want to I want to be amongst the people and just like have my ear to the streets but I would like to retreat also like I can't be well, one right of the people they're mean... calling every night and like I'm a dependable person at the riots no way I will make an appearance or two because I do mm-hmm. like to be on you know on the ground doing the groundwork but I am more comfortable for my house watching documentaries um, and donating money can i be assured that i won't get randomly shot in the head while i'm at the riot then yeah like i'll do it but like because i can't be right that's not fair. I, don't know. <laughs> I
0: can't, and here, here's the thing here's the thing because oh, people say
1: dying for the cause and i understand that completely too but me dying by a straight bullet is not be dying for the cause let's be very clear like fred hampton martin luther king malcolm x died for the cause
0: yeah.
1: Um you know, that's that's a different scenario to me than like just me on a random ride in fucking Newark, New Jersey. Like <laughs> I agree. Um, I get it. I totally get that. Um but it was just so interesting to think like I don't know, about that time. Like, yeah, we're in it now. I mean, we don't really have the Rosa Parks in MLKs and you know, Malcolm X we don't
0: have a figureheads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which we're
1: really lacking. Um, But I mean, we are in the age of Aquarius. It's more of a group think, but I would love some individuals. Also, Aquarius can be pretty individual. Like I love a few individuals to really step up and um, lead the charge. I don't know. I'm not saying they need to be shot in cold blood, but I would like to put some faces to this movement. I think that's what we're lacking.
0: Right. Um,
1: That aren't already dead. I feel like our faces of the movement are people who have already been affected by it and are like long gone right um so if any activists want to step up if this if you're hearing this and this is really lighting a fire under your ass I encourage you to step up you know step up as an activist right, um, but- <laughs> no go ahead I was gonna say but then it's also annoying when people try too hard to be the leader of that like, <laughs> like okay like- you cannot announce yourself as said leader <laughs> but if you right. show leadership traits I think we'll just We'll notice like it will not go. The enough. group has to pick you. You can't pick yourself. Like yeah. that's not how it works. You can't say I'm the MOK of this time. Like you're not allowed to say things like that. That would make you the antithesis to him. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you do want to show by doing, I'm more than open to that. And if you want right. to slide in our DMs with you doing, I will give nothing but credit. <laughs> um <laughs> a quick 60s to so side note. Um, right, so Dickie drives his dad to the shop, lights the shop up on fire with his dad's body and his dad is pronounced dead. Um, and I think the next scene is that scene I was talking about where they're at the funeral and they're talking about how Tony saw that bird so he knew somebody was mm-hmm. going to die. Also mm-hmm. a through line throughout the series and they made it really clear also in this movie was the number of funerals we went to and how casual it was to just go to a funeral like every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, Which Traumatizing, really traumatizing. No, that wasn't even what I wanted to say. I wanted to say the unidentified black males episode. How they talk about if they don't want to own up to a death, they'll just say it was some black dude who did it. They did the same shit for Dick, where it was like, mm-hmm. oh, he's missing up uh, riots, black people, you know them, murderers. Right. Um, it, it, well, he he picked a great time to murder his dad for sure. He did. It was so convenient. It's like whatever. Everywhere around him is burning down. So like, why wouldn't he be killed in a fire? Um, it is important to know no we'll leave that for Sally I won't even make it important to know then now you'll know that Dick's wife is now a widow so what does Dickie do he fucks his dad's widow Dickie dicks her down (laughs) (laughs) Dickie dick down deceased Dick's wife (laughs) too bad there's no D for wife but yeah it was and it Seemed to be little to no transition. Like, the next scene, he was screwing her in an apartment he bought for her. Yeah, and the next scene, he was buying her an apartment and then they started making out and you're like, oh, like, they're they're screwing. Like, okay. A real thing. And also, he, like, takes her out. Like, they have... I forget what the rule is in The Sopranos, but I believe it's, like, Friday is wife night, Saturday is vuma night. And mm-hmm. he's fully toting around his wife dad's widow as his guma like he's not hiding her they're going out with the rest of the guma's and no one sees no one blink it's weird no one says anything. no one blinks no one says anything like it- not an inch it was so crazy to me they're like it's uh, it's like why waste a young attractive woman in their eyes <laughs> like-, <laughs> <laughs> like they were all thinking the same shit apparently and Dick just got to her first vicky <laughs> <Nikki>? oh <laughs> I don't know. It was really crazy. Um, also, we didn't talk about it earlier, but there was a scene where Janice was... Um, I'm, I was never Catholic, so I don't know the proper wording for that, but whatever that is. Bat Mitzvah. I was Jewish, so that's all I know. Um, and she had her Bat Mitzvah and there we saw Silvio, Pussy, like all of those characters. What did you think of the casting of like those guys? First, The Silvio person was so on point ridiculous his beyond mannerisms i mean no one can replace the original self obviously from the shows but obviously. um i just love that like before they even said his name i was like okay this is he had on a shiny toupee that was helicoat and like you said like he clearly is a soprano's head has watched every episode studied mannerisms went to the school of acting like I really respected that he, he said tried I'm in to about pay homage. four or five scenes total and I'm gonna make sure that I act my ass off in every one of those um what's crazy is on the rewatchables <laughs> they have uh they always link it to sports because they're also like ESPN um commentators but there is something that I think they may call it the Dion Waiters Award which is like a character who's only in a few scenes, but really steals the show. And I feel like if we were giving out Dion Waiters awards, it would go to Sylvia. He really acted his ass off, or Sylvia, young Sylvia, whoever that was. Right. Um, what'd you think of the other ones, like Pussy and Polly? No thoughts on Pussy, because he didn't really have like any role. Um, but I, th- I thought the casting was pretty
0: He looked uh, like Pussy just decent. younger. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, the Pauly, though, was interesting to me. Um, no dyed hair, which was shocking. Like, I don't know why I just assumed he was going to have the wings and that's how I would notice him, but no. Uh-huh. And I also think it was just interesting because he clearly had such a thing against, like, the Black characters of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, But then we know Pauly on this show... Fucks Black people. Well, black woman. was like fucking around with a black woman so I just thought that that was kind of interesting to see you know <laughs> that uh, you know relationship kind of take place the classic like Doth protest too much it's like when guys yeah. are like oh I hate gay people and it's like it's because he fucks his friends it's like the same thing right um, or even better like I don't see like it, it's, it's like I, how can I be racist? I fuck a black woman. But then it's like, you're doing this to like black men. Like that doesn't, it's not the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't hate some of us in like the other parts of it. You know what I mean? Like it's like the classic, like I have a black friend. It's like, okay, that has nothing to do with the price of tea in China. Like, do exactly. you support black lives? That's the question.
0: Right. Then, the, then you the don't. The
1: answer is usually no. <laughs> <laughs> if I have asked, then you don't. Like it's just, yeah if it doesn't it. go without saying I think that answers it yeah um but okay cool I just wanted to talk about the casting on them just really quickly because they were kind of a blip in the radar but like enough that obviously they wanted us to acknowledge them so David Chase we're doing as you asked we're acknowledging them right um getting back into real time um I did also think it was interesting I think it's at like the repass for Hollywood Dick that we meet Christopher for the first time um Or it's like something soon after where Tony's sitting at the table, um, Dickie's at the table, and it's revealed – wait, no? Reverse that. Before, this is two different dinners. I think at the repast, it's revealed that Dickie's current wife cannot have kids, a la Adriana and Dick. And And Christopher, which I thought that was an interesting parallel that they both Mm -hmm. – like, maybe that's why – not maybe that's why, but, like, we could see the through line of why Christopher was so – distraught when he found out Abe couldn't have kids naturally right so I just like how they brought that in Mom, Mm -hmm. we meet Christopher like baby Christopher and he freaks out when Tony touches him like absolutely loses his shit and he has to be like carried into the next room and like cooed down to relax (laughs) and (laughs) and the lady sitting next to Tony is like yeah like sometimes babies are still in touch with the other side and so they know things we don't and wow was that telling right it was a nice little spiritual tidbit um because it's so true because it's true because i know that you're gonna kill me one day and i
0: don't like you
1: and i don't, I don't know am so like he sees he's ahead in the future of 40 years and he's already dead in the dirt from you like he knows what it is he just mm-hmm. got reincarnated he's not asleep on what's happening mm-hmm. um and again, like, I had this fear I, when I met my godson, I was so nervous to meet him because first of all, he's like one of those cry babies. Some babies are just happy to go to anybody, but like he's one of those babies who will cry very specifically. And like, I felt I was nervous. I'm like, I don't want to feel like a bad person because who doesn't feel like a bad person when you hold a baby and like refusing to stop crying. It's like, okay, if they get a little worked up, you can cool them down. But if they have to be like, then transferred to another person or like taken out the room, it's like,
0: it's so always it's wrong awkward. with you. <laughs> yeah.
1: For sure. And like, I always keep the people that like the babies don't respond positively to. And I noticed that. So like, I was just very nervous about that. So I totally related to that. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting overall note. Um, let's see. Let's see. Also, the lady who plays Live, like Tony's mother, who, again, like very early on in the show, she was a really like a huge antagonist, I would say. Um, she kind of looked like Edie Falco who played Carmela, no?
0: Um, yeah.
1: I can see that. Like the whole movie I'm thinking, I'm like, I gotta look up who this actress is. Is she not Edie's niece she or something? Was the woman from because we're talking about his mom, right? Yeah, Liv. She's the woman from Conjuring, isn't she? She is. Yeah. She is. Maybe that's why she felt familiar. A- i think they put a fake note on her though which is easy note. like i i was like i yeah. again, i don't know if they're doing this on purpose i david chase is brilliant so i'm sure every, nothing goes unnoticed but she did again it's like you if you're a, a straight woman you usually end up with a guy that's like your your dad or like if you're a straight guy you usually end up with a woman like your mom so it's just like that uh-huh. was really interesting um not to his to the lady he ends up choosing to be his wife um I just wrote to myself the dynamic of when a woman is with a wise guy and then he does time is so interesting to me or just any type of felonious type of guy Um, Mm -hmm. because when Tony's dad gets taken away or whatever um, Liv has a huge reaction and Tony's dad makes it seem like oh my god like she's so annoying and then when they refer to it when he comes back he was like I just served four years she goes no I served four years. And that's the true tea. Like, the true tea is the person you leave on the outside is the one really serving the time. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a family, they're then there to play both roles, make up for you financially, and also pay for your ass while you're in jail. Like, mm-hmm. you, honestly, you have the cushy job just going in there, lifting weights, and reading books. It's interesting, too, because just to deviate a little bit into astrology like we always do but that won't change rebrand but still the same we're still the same bitches you feel (laughs) (laughs) sex astrology Uh, always on the table okay always on the table um it's just interesting because with astrology they they kind of label jail and hospital as like the same thing Mm -hmm. like to be in the hospital and to be in jail are is both like a form of like imprisonment and so it's just interesting to me because the way you have to kind of stop your life almost when somebody goes to jail is kind of how you stop your life. If someone's sick in the hospital, like their job is just to like, make it out. <laughs> okay. But you have to worry about the finances. You have to worry about the kids. You have to worry about the home. You have to worry about making ends meet. You have to worry about getting people to go see them. Like, you, know, you worry about their mental well-being there's so many things that they worry about. And while they're in there, it's just kind of like they're either fighting for their life or they're having the best time in their life. Like it's, it's weird. So I was just thinking about like how it's kind of similar. That was just a complete side note. No, but it's so true. And like, again, not airing anyone out, but like, I know someone that just kind of went through this and it's just like, so interesting to see the toll it takes on them and how the person mm-hmm. that's away has no concept of that like they're so focused on them because of course it's them that's going in or it's them that's in the hospital of course but like it's just like when kind of like when people die it's like they have the the one that died low-key is the one that has it the way easy out like Mm
0: -hmm. still having
1: to deal with the not repercussions but the reverberations or like whatever it causes when someone dies the thereafter Mm -hmm. the drama the dividing of assets the feelings like it's heavier for the people that are left in the wake versus the people that actually deal with it though it seems like they're the ones that go through it the most right um and there's just like not enough support i don't know if there's like support groups for like women with men in jail but like it just seems like it should be a thing i think there are um but you know again this is maybe not this time that this takes place in the 60s like i don't think it was really that much of I don't think support groups were like really like that much of a thing um and then also with their culture i guess like you know they kind of feel like no like you get support from your family like that's who's going to support you while you know your man's on holiday or vacation or like, whatever they right, call it Right, he's away as they love to say while he's away um but yeah definitely could have benefited from a support group doesn't help that she also has like a mental disorder <laughs> um. <laughs> that they allude to i love that we got some clarity in this movie over that because that's been also something like they really pressed in the beginning about even just the beginning like the premiere is like tony going to a psychiatrist and grappling with the fact that he has probably been passed on some things and that's the way he that's why he is the way he is mm-hmm. because even if tony wasn't himself mentally ill it's still hard um you know, dealing with somebody who has a personality disorder. Yeah. Uh, Especially someone who is, like, your mother, like, your family member. (laughs) Like, how do you get away from that? How does that not keep you up at night to think, like, okay, like, this person did these horrible things. Am I going to myself? Or now you realize you have certain triggers that you probably wouldn't have had if the person who was raising you was taking better care for health. Because I don't want it to make it seem like if you have a personality disorder, like, there's... (laughs) like. You're inherently like... There's you nothing know, you can do. Just, <laughs> right? yeah. You're inherently disturbed. The problem was this woman was in denial and not trying to take medication that was offered to her several times. Um, I thought it was interesting that Tony wanted her to take it and had a positive kind of outlook on it because we know that he grapples with that in the show. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So, you know, it, it was just sad because it was just kind of like, that's how a reflection, that's how like being a parent kind of reflects on your kids. So his original like thought was that like, oh, that's fine. Like just take the medicine and it'll help you feel better and we can keep it pushing. But because she was so disgusted by it and spoke so down on it, eventually like when he became an adult and needed this help himself, I feel like he was unable to do that because he's he's looking at it through like her perspective of how it's, Disgusting and degrading, and for people that, you know, quote unquote, are crazy, as she says. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is funnier than like crazy as an adjective, not as a diagnosis, but there's nothing funnier than someone crazy declaring that someone else is crazy or like announcing that <laughs> someone else is crazy. It's just like, oh, you're one to talk. Again, takes one to no one. I would take someone crazy. If they say someone's crazy. I believe them. But you are too, but, like, that's gentle with that word. We could use it to describe Liv as well. Um, but she never, to her death, never came to terms with, like, who she was, really. Poor sad. Liv. It, it, was, it is sad. Like, we are meant to hate her, and, like, you do when you first watch the show, but, like, she's kind of a product of her environment, just as Sony is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like, This crew, the the Demio crime family, is not huge on like psychiatry and like mental health. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) shocking, I know, Mm -hmm. especially in the 60s. How dare they? But Um, yeah, it is, it's just something that's what's so, what I did like about this movie so much is that like, yeah, they did the cheap references too, which like the classic, like he'll never be, he had the, he did not have the makings of a varsity athlete. And they talk about Tony wanting to play football and then Uncle June kind of repeats that quote that's just like they're doing that because people want to see it but they also connect things that are like dots just because we need the payoff it's not about mm-hmm. the joke or the quote it's about like again connecting and making this world make sense it just makes it seem like they had already thought of this prequel before the show even started
0: Hmm.
1: um again, David Chase, fucking brilliant. I mean, what, what more can I say? Has he already received awards? Yes, but I would like to him to receive this too. Great. Um, Christopher, let's see, let's see. Oh, no, no, no. Literally, my next thing was the, the nod to he never had the makings of a varsity athlete, which is something that, june said to tony in the final season in the premiere which june shot tony in that episode too but he says that to tony and that really triggered tony tony was pissed and we find out it's because tony dreamed of being a star football player and like maybe even going yeah. pro and tony dreamed of going to college be on the team going pro like that was like what tony soprano wanted to do And like his way out of this world, because like he does Mm -hmm. know he wants money and he does know that he likes football. He's like, I want to do something I like doing and I want to make money. So like, fuck it. I just want to be a football player. Like that seems pretty safe to me. And I didn't really make a note of this, but like the whole JBL speaker thing that happened where Dickie gave Mm -hmm. him that speaker and then, Mm -hmm. but he was like, I don't want to take it because I don't want to do this lifestyle. Like I don't even want to touch it. And Dickie's like, you take it and then you say, you'll never do it again. Which is just so interesting because, again, like in this point in the movie, Tony seems so mob averse. He hates, it, like, rebukes mm-hmm. the mob, and mm-hmm. it's like, how did I do? Want a kind of another prequel that kind of links in between the where this ends and where The Sopranos picks up? Like, how did Tony get to the point where he's like the mob, the mob boss? I mean, I guess yeah. How do you get to the point of the mob boss, but I get how he got to the point of being in the game. Like, he was clearly just, just struck. They killed his uncle. And so after that, it was kind of like... Fuck it. Like, all right. Fuck it, I'm in this now. Because now I got to find out who killed my fucking uncle. He wants to avenge... And much like Jackie Jr. wanted to be in the mob just because his dad was in it, his dad died. And he's like, you know, I have to carry the torch. Like, Tony felt like he was Dickie's son who had to carry the torch and be the mob boss that Dicky deserved to be but never was hmm. um, it is interesting and they don't really clarify like what level like um, Dicky really is like is he a captain because he's not a runner like no and I guess he is because he had people under him right okay so he's a captain but not but the head right now is Corrado which is Junior right I get I, that I honestly couldn't tell because it felt like they were on the same level almost yeah it kind of did you're right if anything Carrado was lower because there was at like one point where she was like or who said it like oh you see how Dickie handled everything he stepped up he did what he had to do like you're like whining and I forgot and who said it I forgot who said it I him. did love that moment when he's like like, fuck you, bitch, about everything. Dickie, he, his dad dies. He steps the fuck up. He gets, he does the drops. He's fucking volunteering on the weekends So fucking, like, you know, blind kids to do baseball. Like, Dickie stepped up and what are you doing? You're fucking bitching. Who did that monologue? It was a really good monologue. I can't remember now. I can't that's remember crazy. either. Hmm, that's really devastating. Mm-hmm. I mean, also June had a brother in this movie. So was it June's brother? Really left up in the air. And maybe people know and they're like screaming right now, like you fucking idiots. But like whoever delivered the monologue, I do remember they were driving. I can like literally see it. I just don't know who that's what I'm saying. Like, and I literally just saw it. The fact that I can't remember is crazy. Um That'll haunt me. If at one point one of us finds out we'll just have to put a
0: blurb in the middle of this
1: podcast. Yeah, like um he's gonna eat at me uh just also another uncle june nod like and i wrote in the at this point there are so many parallels to the show it's sick like every scene if you are tapped in like either you miss it because you don't know it or like there is something to see because even the way at the wake they're at a different wake i want to say um and corrado falls down the stairs like he did in the show which offset his whole decline like that was so crazy. He felt the exact same way, and again, it all also set up his decline. In this, is like he could walk. He was a little rickety, but like he could walk, and he was just a like normal guy. And as soon as he did this fall, it seems like he was on a cane ever since. Right, like you really fucked th- himself up. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck shit. I just think it was. I mean, I and mean, we talk about it, but like, I just think his response to that fall and in, in his mind being laughed at is no different than, cause like, you know, like Jay and I have been watching a string of, I guess, classic black films, we can call them. And in a lot of them, especially like ones like, you know, Boys in the Hood and Paid in Full and Menace to Society, a lot of like the killings kind of come from like this pride aspect with men. And it's just like, okay, this person laughed at me, this person robbed me, this person got me, like, so now I got to get him. Yeah. and And, like revenge is best served cold so like let them think that this is actually blown over and then when they least expect it blow their shit up right and uh, clearly that happens in this movie and it's just crazy to me because (laughs) black people are are, like we're portrayed as like oh look at them like going after each other but i'm like but do y'all not do the same (laughs) what makes it different in in either case but whatever like they even allude to it. I mean, we kind of skipped over overall storyline, but overall was shot up in <laughs> an army recruitment office um, because the other guy who was the other black guy? What was his name? Harold. Harold um, saw him and he was on the hunt for him because he owed him that fucking money and he blew overall to smithereens. Um, <laughs> and when the DeMeo crime family when they hear about it they're like wow like black on black crime like they're doing that to their own people that's crazy and I'm like you all aren't like what's the difference between like you guys shooting each other for different crime families and like black people shooting each other for from different sets like I'm confused and I think I was I don't know where I was but I really had this random is a random it's my life but this random thought of like how which comes first like the racism or the classism because to me it's like do are you just looking down on black people because in your mind most of them are poor (laughs) so is it really like you just don't like poor people or you don't like black people would there be black people without poor people like i'm so confused like i it really feels like chicken or the egg for me because i'm like there's nothing different than what the black people are doing compared to like what um Italian people do like these mobster gangster movies but for some reason it's painted with a completely different lens it's so true and it's like wait why though and it is kind of like a little bit about the money I think money of course plays a part in it but I really think it's the race overall because like yeah white people are disgusted by like the whole poor white trash thing and they will look down on like an eight mile scenario for sure like but at the end of the day, rich black person or like poor white trash white person that nine times out of ten would still probably choose like the white person.
0: Mm.
1: So, unless it's like a black person who not acts white, I don't want to say it in that manner, but they have more white, like they code switch, let's put it that way. I'll give them credit For that bad. they have a black part of them, but like they code switch better and that they're they don't have to bring a brace or something like that, but, like, they don't want to hang out with rich black people who are going to talk about, like, the fucking 60s. They want to hang out with, like, some poor white trash people they can connect on, like, hating other people on, I feel. But it is mm. an interesting dichotomy. It is, like, wait, what? What's going on? Why are you all judging? But it's, like, they have no perspective anyway, like, at all. For the shit right. they do. They, they'll say, like, that was fucked up. Like, even Tony, like, in this whole series, like, Tony, like, drew the line. Remember when Ralph beat up that, like, one underage... Um, girl Tracy that was a stripper at Bada Bing but then like he's had a hand in quite a few killings men and women alike like so who are you to put your foot down about this woman getting killed when you would let the next bitch get Mm -hmm. killed I think Tony hated Ralph because Ralph just reminded him of the worst parts of himself so where Ralph where Tony might have had a little bit of remorse or might have sat and thought like oh fuck like It is what it is, but maybe I shouldn't have done that. Ralph just did not have those moments. Like he was like, "Fuck it, like, yeah." He was unabashedly himself for sure. (laughs) Right. He was like, "No, this is who the fuck I am. I'm a terrible person, and that's fine." And we're all (laughs) terrible people. The thing is, Ralph was never sleeping. Like it doesn't. You don't. You're not a better person just because you realize the shit you do is bad. You still do the same shit I do. Except I can sleep easy. There's no difference between you and me. Except I don't do this whole guilt thing with myself like i don't go to therapy to talk about it like okay right because you're going to therapy to talk about it but you're still going to continue to do the same thing so is it so you might think that that makes you a better person but does it it doesn't i mean you killed christopher for christ's sake (laughs) it does not make you better and we circle back (laughs) we're always going to circle back to chrissy because it's not fair it's simply not fair um Wow. Okay. I don't even, I don't remember where I was even in my notes before we got to that. You know what's so crazy? I wrote down, well, two things that are so crazy. One, my second to next note is about Men's Society, so it's crazy you brought that up. But my next note is the whole thing with the cop, again, these are in the seasons I remember really well, so I cannot tell you the season it was. I wanted, it was a premiere, I want to say, but Tony is riding with Chris and he takes Chris somewhere and then Chris is like confused like where am I going da 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 and it turns out he's outside of the retirement party for the cop who allegedly killed his father Mm. so Tony is paying him this gift of like I'm handing you basically the keys to kill him today it's his retirement so you're off the hook to do it now and when he goes and by he I mean Chris when Chris goes to kill the guy he's you know, setting up, you know, they usually give a monologue before they kill Smite. So he's giving his monologue and the cop is like, but I didn't kill your dad. Like, I don't know who told you that. I actually never killed your dad. And then Chris said something so powerful because it, it was true. He was like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, I still have to kill you. He wants you dead. Like, I, I don't have time here to parse out if it's true or not. I'm just going to go with it's true because that's easier for me to believe in my everyday life. But right. I can't acknowledge that it, it is a possibility. It is not true. But again, like I'm here on a job. So it doesn't matter. And so I wrote that down to myself in these notes, and I'm like, are we gonna get clarity or not on if Tony really gave Chris's father's killer, which we end up getting in the end of the movie? But like at this point, I'm just, my mind was wondering, just as I wondered if they would address Tony's death, I was like, hmm, I wonder if we'll know who, krill, who really killed, who killed Dickie. Like, and we do find out. So I'm glad we got that clarity because that was kind of a, like, a, a, kind of an important point in the show. Like, can mm-hmm. Chris, trust Tony and the answer is no because Tony lied to him um, but he didn't know that anyway moving on to my next point which was Dickie is to Tony as Purnell is to Kane in Minister Society like he is the inspiration to him like everything Wait, Kane say it in again? Him, I said Dickie is to Tony as Purnell is to Kane in Minister Society mm. like truly inspired like everything it's so much so that like again, when Purnell's away, like, Kane kind of looks out for his son, and, like, when Dickie is dead, Tony looks out for Chris, like, that's just, I don't know, the parallels in that were just, like, so glaringly obvious to me, again, maybe it's because I'm a menaceous society head, but, like, that really stood out to me. Um, We're at the scene where things begin to shift,
0: Um, (laughs) and this is when
1: there's a storyline of like G and Dickie are getting closer and like they're really falling in love but he's supposed to be investing in a business for her and every time it seems like he's going to he doesn't he pulls out at the last minute he makes up an excuse and she's kind of really pressing him like what the fuck right um they finally settle on a place they're at the place they kind of almost break up over it too we kind of watch their relationship unfold and they the highs and lows and it seems like a high because he gets the place for her. He says, my name will be on it. You'll manage it. It's your dream. At this point, she's speaking English, too. We see her go to some classes and learn how to speak. Um, and so she, you know, she's living the American dream. This is what she came to America to do. And on her way back, they're walking alongside the beach, which you idiot, you don't do this shit next to a cliff, a beach, anything like that, a mountain, like anything like that. When you're You have about to be see- landlocked no guns in sight like and with these people you'll never people be in that scenario. around yeah, like, <laughs> you, need, you need witnesses around you need to be landlocked and you need to be away from any sort of weaponry but she is just like she is naive in that way she always has like this character she always has like a glimmer in her eye that you can tell she doesn't truly know how bad these people
0: are yeah
1: um so she kind of tells him earnestly like look you finally gave me what you what i wanted and i have to be quite honest when we were down and out i fucked another guy it's like okay like you know that's not what he wanted to hear i mean he has a wife but that's still not what he wanted to hear i mean you know how men are so he was already he was already like heated by that yeah he's like another dude like are you crazy so he was already like he at the very least was going to like make her pass out or like beat her to that point you know what I mean so like he's tallying up so he's like she's sure to slap her a punch at this point but he's like okay like but who is it and at this point in the story Harold and him are on bad terms because Harold decided to go independent and even more so to get back at Dickie because he felt like Dickie was kind of what well, was racist at the very least but he felt like he was antagonizing him um he was uh-huh. like you know what I'm actually gonna rob you and your guys and live off of that and like that's gonna really blow you isn't it um and he does it successfully which is like nuts like the you don't get away with that with these mobsters right um so all of that in the back of his head the last person he was expecting her to say was fucking Harold a black on top of that dumb for admitting that to be honest she's so that's literally what I wrote in my notes I'm like she is an actual idiot she's a fucking fool
0: you really thought you were going to tell him
1: and he was going to be cool with it that's some shit she should have took to her grave because beyond the fact that he was black it was the fact that he was once his business you know associate partner employee whatever but had also already killed multiple people like of their crime family so it's like and robbed from them like what are you doing you actually picked the pro- the worst possible person you could have fucked. <laughs> and you did that knowingly, like you clearly, like you knew. You, were you knew to shit get that wasn't thing. sweet. Yeah, like you didn't know, maybe you didn't know that he had robbed him and all of that. And they were on the lookout and they had killed a store no. owner for simply just being the place where it happened. You didn't know all of that was going on, but you knew that there was bad blood. Fucking fool. <sighs> Again, about her being naive, she just seemed like she didn't register that that would be an issue. Like, yeah, again, thinking maybe they would have something about, like, a little argument about it, but you don't think he would even, at the very least, take away that business he just gave you? He could still do that, and he is not above that either. Like, you just secured the bag. Why would you say that? (laughs) (laughs) And it was so interesting how, like, removed she was she wasn't removed enough to be like he's not gonna hurt this man at all because she said like oh my god like don't if i tell you who it is basically like don't hurt him but she was clearly (laughs) so removed that she really didn't think that he would turn on her which i think is interesting given that his dad did i'm like listen honey apples don't fall too far from the tree all right like at the end of the day his dad was abusive to you and he also grew up seeing his dad be abusive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take, and he's all, already a liar and a cheater and a philanderer. Like, it doesn't take much to assume that he might flip on you. And boy, did he. He Become didn't easy. hesitate a second. Like, he, it, it was he like, he, you didn't even see a blackout. moment. You know, in most mo- movies, it would be like a moment where he turns to the ocean and it all clicks. Like, he's like, I'm about to kill her. He didn't even do that. He had already sussed out much like a mobster. He had already sussed out his surroundings. He knew if he needed to kill somebody, he knew how he could do it. He immediately took her and drowned her in the fucking ocean. He didn't even have a moment like while he was drowning her, like, oh shit. Like maybe I should like let me click out of this. You know what I mean? Like, let me let me snap into it. Like, let me get back to myself. But right, he didn't even have a dad. He didn't even have that moment. He completely blacked out and and like he did with his dad killed her <laughs> now was he shocked as hell after the blackout yeah as he was watching her watching her body wash away yeah that like that cinematic choice was like incredible to watch her just like wash away into the ocean just disappear float away with the tide crazy whoa they didn't and they never showed her funeral so i'm like yeah so like how did they find out she was dead like she could have been missing i mean they knew what the answer was but did they ever find her body or did they like wash up or anything? Did everyone, anyone put two two together except for Uncle Sally in the pen? Let's get to Uncle Sally in the pen. Let's get to Uncle Sally in the <laughs> motherfucking pen. Basically, again, like this story had, this movie had so many through lines and like it's hard to recap it scene by scene because it was insane. But after Dickie's funeral, um, Dick pops up at his Uncle Sally's like, at prison to visit his Uncle Sally, who is doing pretty much life for murder. He killed a fellow gangster. A made man, if you will. A made man, right. And he tells him, basically, well, Dickie explains to his uncle, like, the reason I haven't come to see you is because my dad forbid it, so I never came, but, like, the day of his funeral, I'm ready to see you, and I'm ready to get this relationship, like, back on track. Mm -hmm. Um... And in that conversation, basically, Uncle Sally is kind of peeping who he is from the beginning. He barely talks to him the first time he comes to visit. He just tells him, like, bring me back some records. Like, I don't even want to deal with you. Then they get to the point where they're speaking. And Uncle Sally says, you know what's so crazy about, like, your dad's death? Like, what I just find so odd is he had, like, manicured hands. He was, like, very into his hands and, like, how he carried himself very suave in that way where, like, he wouldn't get down rough and dirty doing like repairs on a car so why would he be in the middle of the night doing car repairs Mm. odd (laughs) i was like oh shit and then like dick has a weird moment too and then he's like what's wrong with you because then he started acting fucking jittery as hell he was, and he didn't even play it all, he was like, when he said, what's wrong with you, you should have said, like, what you just said, like, really fucking me up, like, was it somebody I knew? Like, you should have spun it that way. He didn't even have the time to spin it like that. Nope. He made up some other shit, like, oh, I got the bubble guts, or, like, made something up. Something stupid. Yeah, I'm like, okay. So the uncle, pretty much from that moment on, knew what was up. Um, he comes to his uncle to reveal that his mistress, G, has died um from pneumonia, no less. Like she's a young woman, like just dying from pneumonia. and Like apparently, it's because she's from Italy; her she's weak lungs. um So, like, yeah, no one's buying it. Mm. And that's when Ray was like, "Wow!" Like, I uh, not Ray, Sally, Uncle Sally's like, "Wow!" Like a lot of tragedy strikes in your life. Like that's like people very <laughs> close to you. Like that's so crazy, and they die like crazy. That's crazy <laughs> he's like just talking it's like thinking out loud here it's like odd and he was like yeah but like you said earlier he was like yeah but like what well, you know i'm just a murderer like what do i know right and he looked it at him also, like murderer to murderer <laughs> because when he says he's like with the whole leguma thing right so he's like oh so you know what are you doing for christmas you're gonna be with the your guma you're gonna be with your 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 wife and you know, the first thing the, the guilty man says is why are you asking? <laughs> like rather than just answering the question, he goes, Why are you asking? Which is a peculiar thing to ask when the your follow-up is gonna be she died anyway. Like you yeah. wouldn't like <laughs> Yeah. You know I mean, like if somebody was asking like, oh, so how's you know, your uncle doing? You don't say, Why are you why are you asking? You'd be like, Oh, like he passed away, actually. <laughs> so Already, that's already weird. But anyway, so he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, why are you asking? He's like, well, I just know when I had a good a wife. Like, that was always a point of an argument. Like, you you always want to be with, you know, her versus her. You know, classic yeah. argument. And um, then he says, you know, she died. He's like, wow, so young. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, she died of pneumonia. He's like, pneumonia? Okay. <laughs> Which... <laughs> that's when it really turned <laughs> for yeah, which is like again she's so young and she's dying for pneumonia of all things like this is the 60s this is not like the black plague you know what I mean it's pneumonia like again it's like it's giving Erica Jane and like Tom it's like you're just making things up at random like maybe mm-hmm. you want to workshop these things before you talk out loud if you were gonna spaz and kill her like maybe we should have had like a better excuse or scenario as to how she died um i can assume it's been days at this point the fact that you haven't thought this through it's kind of sick too and and that's what leads to say wow you have a lot of tragedy in your life um but again like what do i know i'm just a murderer and so again lets him know like I know you killed her, just like I know that you killed my brother, your father. Um, <laughs> and maybe you're grappling with it, but I know this is who you are as, as an individual. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a murderer. <laughs> He's like, you know what? I will still allow you to come visit me, and I'm not too bothered by it. <laughs> just but- bring me my fucking jazz records, and we'll, you know, keep it pushing. Um, I think he also says in this scene, which is like really poignant and really, I feel like turns the tables at, and, and at least for Tony, because then he's like, you know, this kid referencing like, you know, his nephew, Tony, like, what should I do? And uncle Sally, AKA Ray goes, the best gift you can give him is to stay out of his life. Right, because he's like, now that I've confirmed that you're a serial killer, basically. <laughs> um, <but laughs> it's just like, maybe, and he's like, and as a serial killer myself, he's like, and again, like, I, when I was doing some research on this movie, they said that his character was the Dr. Melfi of the movie, and that, like, was, like, a real hit flint moment for me, because I'm like, mm. it is crazy, even the way they shot it, like, how they were always across from each other was very Mm -hmm. like Dr. Melfi and Tony talking through stuff and he was like a sage person like he did give great advice this Uncle Sally character um Mm -hmm. so it was interesting for him to give that advice it was something Dr. Melfi would say like you know what like you think you're such a bad person you know you're a bad person then stay away from people you don't want to end up like you right (laughs) You're clearly having some sort of issues and struggle right now. So the best thing you can do is stay away from your nephew who you don't want to have these issues and struggles. You're claiming that you're good and you just do bad things sometimes. So do something good for once and actually- Right, do something totally good, no bad, <laughs> and just get away from him. And just kid. get away from him. And so he tries, right? Like, so he, yeah. yeah you know, it ign- ignores Tony and and I feel like that kind of just sets. It just changes the course of Tony's life, at least, because from then on, he never really got any sort of like clarity or resolution, because then obviously, like, you know, the
0: uncle. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> 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 um, we're damn near there. So... Again, Tony is now, like, he's throwing the speaker out the window. He's saying he wants nothing to do with this mob life. Like, he doesn't even want the byproducts of it. Like, things that have fallen off of trucks, he doesn't want to benefit from it. He barely wants to look at his fucking dad. Like, he is truly heartbroken over the fact that Dick has, like, seesaw communication with seemingly no reason. Um, so, he shows up one night at wherever they're doing something. Uh, like, a pork store equivalent, about bing equivalent. And he knocks on the door and he's banging on the door and still opens the door and he tells him basically that like Dickie's not there. Though Dickie is in the back he has been briefed to tell him that he's not around. And Tony's kind of relentless in that way. And he's persistent which we do see with Tony especially with women in this series. He's very persistent. When he wants something he's not going to not ask a million times. Like he did with Dr. Melfi. So he's knocking on the door and then basically dick gives in at one point in his heart he doesn't tell tony why he's there but he gives in and is like okay i'll meet with him the next day whatever fuck it 9 a.m and they're also supposed to be killing harold the next day because they're still in that tear from like harold robbed him so at this point i'm like oh like they're really building up the next day i'm not really thinking about him dying but i did note, know i'm like oh they do have a huge day tomorrow
0: um i didn't think
1: yeah something was going to happen prior to the day right i just thought it was going to be a huge day and like harold had gone to see some pimps and they had insisted that they help him execute this kill but he's like no i'll just do it myself so it's like i'm like oh it's about to come to blows like harold's gonna die or he's gonna die it's like someone's gonna have to end here Mm.
0: um
1: but they don't make it to that so again nod to the show in the show christopher knows the detail when he goes to kill that cop it's like in that scene where he's talking to Tony um, he knows the detail that his dad was carrying TV trays into the house which he says were for him he's like my dad was heroically carrying TV trays in the house for me when he was shot dead like so that also kind of fuels him like his dad loved him down to the last minute so mm-hmm. we see he's taking a few things in the house he got like you know a couple things that fell off the truck that they've stolen that they take. And he's getting it, and then pop pop. He shot twice in the head at close range, which was bizarre because he had an open casket funeral, but we're not into the semantics here. He shot twice in the head. Who the fuck did it? We see Uncle June hobble over to a payphone and we hear it's done, which we watch the show, so we know by it, it is Dickie. What was your reaction of June being? The one who got uh, again not shocking, but kind of like a damn. Like was it, it was that shocking really? to me. I would not even Was lie. it I not really? That. That's <laughs> it Was really? <laughs> that's serious. Because quote, in case you all can't place that, he, he did mention it a lot because again he had people comparing him to dickie and in those comparisons, basically Uncle June was found, you know, lacking, and um then you know uncle june's trying to like fuck his wife or whoever this bitch is and he can't because he has like these horrible back spasms he's in pain because of the slip and fall and when he slipped and fell he felt like dickie was laughing at him and to an extent dickie was but it wasn't like uh more than anyone else really like you fell on yeah. your ass and so he laughed and like the embarrassment you were coming out of here sh- hot you was coming out hot trying to yell at me and you slipped and fell and bust your ass that's so like, it's yeah. funny I'm gonna laugh it's funny it's definitely not something that I feel like someone needs to get shot in the back of the head <laughs> twice for <laughs> um, let's be clear for cause... it to result in the end of a man's life is shocking because a, a, a lot of us would be shot dead now if we got shot because for every time we laughed at something laughed at funny exactly so I was disappointed in myself for not knowing because I like to think I'm pretty good at catching things and like What's crazy is I noted earlier in like when they were at Hollywood Dick's funeral, he was like, Dickie said, like, I have no family. I'm alone. Like, what the fuck? And June was like, I'll be your family now. Like, call me brother. And I was like, huh? Like, I was like, that's weird. But I didn't think too much of it. I didn't think like, oh, call me brother because I will kill you in the end. I was like, oh, but once he did it, I was like, okay, that's why that was weird. And then it was like, they had no good moments after that. As soon as he was like, call me brother. That's when he had slipped and fell. That's when he like, um, he had seen Dick do something and he didn't agree with it. And he was kind of sitting there weird about it. Like, oh, they have had like a little weird moments ever since then. But for it to end in a close range, two shots to the head. Wow. Mm. I didn't know June had it in him. Because like, remember, he pussy out of killing Tony. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess he kind of cared about Tony a little bit.
0: <laughs> right, I guess that
1: shows that he had love for Tony, <laughs> which is, again, not a takeaway anyone had taken away from the show, but I guess that he did have some sort of love, a modicum love for Tony. Mm. Um, wow. Okay, so the that was really alarming. So yeah. we see that dickie's dead now we know again the cop is not who killed dickie it is in fact june which would even make it seem so as so tony didn't know that like tony just i think thought it was someone unidentified i don't know if tony knew it was corrado because the way tony rode for dickie he would have killed his uncle for that he wanted to kill his uncle i feel like that would have tipped him over the edge to do it um So it seems like a lot of secrets, even since they don't know, like as characters in this universe, they just have no yeah. idea. There's so many killings, it's hard to keep up with who did what. Right. Um. And that is kind of the end of the movie. We see the open casket funeral, which again, unlikely. Um, <laughs> they did try to like show, like, oh, like he had a little makeup on his forehead. Like, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we like it. Recognize- there was no
1: like truly. It was incredible whoever patched him up from that, like (laughs) recovered him from that. Like they need to be a world-renowned surgeon, I believe, because that was insane. Fully open casket, barely, like you said, like a touch of concealer over it, if that. (laughs) Incredible. Janice says that it was her favorite uncle because he took them to see movies that their mom wouldn't. And Tony has like a real gripping moment where he holds his uncle's hand and he feels very connected to him and this is like what fuels Tony I guess for the rest of his life honestly um and that was the film I made a note of course about David Chase but I mean I've sucked him off enough you all already know who he is um I wrote to myself yep Tony lied and (laughs) he did and while there's no clarity on Tony's death damn them was my last note (laughs) <laughs> damn them. I really want it. I just want to know. I just want to know what I feel in my heart is true. Wow. But, but like good heart makes it, you think, you know? You know it's true. I mean, what other possible scenarios could have happened to Tony? Other than he's dead? Like I get I think that's where I get frustrated. I'm like, "Duh. What else could he be?" Like the alternative him just simply being alive and just that's the way the show ended is, to me, makes no sense. It knows, like the game, the business he's in, what was happening at that last season, that last episode, everybody the fuck else was, um, <laughs> what you gonna call it, dead or in the hospital or something. Like, still was in a coma, all the rest of them were fucking dead. Some of them ran away. Like, it could only make sense. I mean, debate us if you want. I really, I really want to know because my dad also believes that Tony ended alive, and then my coworker who was watching the show when we were working together, she also believed Tony was alive. So I'm open. I love hearing people think that. Um, Kaylin's like three episodes before, like four episodes away from the finale. I can't wait. She's gonna say he's dead. I mean, she's you know, she's gonna be on that page. But I am open to hearing what you all think. If you all want to DM us, I would love to hear your theories. If you're a soprano set, if not. Thanks for listening. I can't believe you listened to this whole thing. You don't watch this show and watch this movie. Right. This would literally only make sense if you had watched The Sopranos. But it's... We're glad to have you. Um, I feel as though this will not be the last time we're touching down on this series. Um, but I'm glad it was our foray sure. four, into this Um was it with the prequel? I feel like that was a good way for us to get into it so that we are still open to talk about the show as we see fit, if we see fit. Agreed. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, do you have anything you want to end with? Leave us with? <sighs> Justice for Christopher. Um. I mean, I guess we kind of got it, but still sucks i do <laughs> <laughs> really fucking blows i really want to see that episode over but i really 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 want to see the ralphie episode over oh i've watched that episode at least six times in the last year like i cannot think of a better piece of cinema from the fucking beginning when that shit happens where his son is playing we've never known ralph to have a son his son is playing some random dart game he gets struck with the dart and is rushed to the hospital and barely alive comatose like from that opening that is truly like i would love to know a better individual episode of a tv series like that could be a movie in and of itself like so i think when we come speeches. back if we ever come back to what well, we will at some point we will have to, to touch talking about anyways. the sopranos and tony soprano we'll mention <laughs> <the> <laughs> tony soprano with meadow soprano in the sopranos yeah that will definitely be a retro recap episode because that episode is probably one of my favorite of the series. It is my absolute favorite. I don't have to say one of, I know Concrete that is my favorite even episode. When Chris came in and whipped High his, as a kite his wig off and was like, oh my God, he's bald. Like I, everything about it. Like Chris <laughs> fresh off the needle, taking the belt <laughs> off his arm gets a call. I found Ralph like this. Like, even the way Tony lies about it. Like, oh,
0: my God. And
1: Chris knows. He's like, you ain't find him like that. The fuck are you saying? Like, I may have done some heroin today, but I'm not, I'm no dummy, okay? Oh, my God. And then wow. uh, one of my favorite words, like, in that episode, um, Tony calls Chris a junkie, which I just love that word. And I don't use it because it's derogatory, but I do oftentimes laugh when I hear the word junkie. It's so funny to me. Um... <laughs> wow yeah I'm getting worked up right now like whoever did this is the name of the episode I even remember it like that like that is my favorite fucking shit season four my favorite season anyway I'm getting off I'm getting too excited I love the Sopranos and I love Tony Soprano um or hate him, I don't know both but (laughs) and unfortunately I think that's where everybody landed on Tony including his old family so I guess I'll end it with like who is your favorite character in this movie? You know what? I'm going to go with Uncle Sally. <laughs> he was a true star. He really was. He was. Which is, which is crazy. Uh, I, but I really do like Dickie. I do. Even though he spazzed out and murdered those people. Um... He felt so familiar. Again, we can see the essence of Dicky through Tony and through Chris, so he felt like a familiar mm-hmm. character. And again, he's been nodded to so much that, like, I agree. Like Dicky, really, in the actor they had play him was so suave and did it so well. um That also Dicky was a great character. Um, and Ray Liotta, like, just overall, I would have to vote for him. Of course, he's a fucking star. Fine. I come mean, on, come on. it would be unfair not to acknowledge Ray Liotta as a bona fide Hollywood mobster. Stall.
0: Okay. <laughs> Hollywood stall.
1: <laughs> a well established Hollywood mobster uh, pickup. So, I mean, yeah, Uncle Sally, because his shit was funny. <laughs> because <laughs> what he do I, I mean? I'm just a murderer. <laughs> And said it looking so murderous. It was so scary. Oh my god. What do I know about you murdering people that have clearly <laughs> suddenly befallen <laughs> these interesting depths? Wow. Um thanks for tuning in to our first episode on the main feed with um our rebrand. And yes, I said main feed, so that would allude to another feed, and maybe we'll talk about that later, but know that. <laughs> um Yeah, I guess until the next episode. Until then. Adios. Adios. Okay. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Look, they can never keep me down. I'm going. And if I ever fail to snow, I'll go again. I never quit because I know that every loss may lead to another win. I'm going up.